Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. You are listening to the world's first and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. We are post Costa Rica, USMNT friendly. And we have Greg and Kevin here to talk about it. We also have our good friend John to talk about Michigan State recruiting and East Lansing food scene. This episode, as always, is brought to you by the Anchor app as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Smith Workforce Management Group is here for all of your employment law and HR business needs. Check them out at smithworkforce.com. Once again, that is the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. So let's get right into it with our good friends, Greg and Kevin. All right. Do I have you both? Yes, sir. Present and accounted for. How, how are we doing? How's everybody doing? It's been, uh, it's been an okay week for American soccer. Go team. Kevin, what? how was work Monday? So it was, it was actually, it was fine. Um, I guess to clarify, when I said I blacked out, it was not alcohol induced. I actually had, relatively speaking, very little to drink at that game. When I say blackout, I meant screaming until I saw red uh, for both tying goals. And I think that was just the the pain and suffering of the last three years, just, just coursing and tearing through my body, um, <laughs> seeing seeing a team fight on the field after, you know, the amount of the effort and energy and, and time that we all spend following this team um, in a country where relatively speaking, uh, you know, we're, we're basically alone in our suffering when things don't go well. Um, <laughs> I think of like the days following the, the Trinidad and Tobago oh, loss nice. at work, just in my own, cloud of darkness surrounded by people that didn't even know a game had happened so it was uh it was an experience yeah just on that note my uh my brother who listens to this podcast hi older brother 
uh, and also who does not care about soccer. Wait, so is he actually a long-time listener? He actually is the first long-time listener who is First one! (laughs) (laughs) Um, He texted me the day after the Mexico game, and he was like, "Uh, so what just happened? And I was like, I I explained the Nations League and and the win and why it was relevant and important. And he was like, so did we make the Olympics? And I was like, no, (laughs) the Olympics was a different thing. It's a youth tournament. It doesn't matter. He was like, I see. So they were trying, right? I was like, yeah. And we were trying? Yes. Okay, cool. A a brand new made-up trophy played in the United States somehow still matters more than actually winning the Olympics in soccer, but that's an entirely different topic. Yeah, that sounds like the IOC's problem. Yeah, it was was like a full-on three-minute discussion on what is this thing and why do I care? And why don't we make the Olympics? And it was like, well... All right. Uh, Olympics I, doesn't matter. <laughs> if somehow Costa Rica had advanced, I would have cared 5% of what I did versus playing Mexico in the final. Actually winning that trophy matter nothing is. I mean, the, 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 the trophy itself is probably like made out of paper mache, to be it, honest. And it looks like it. And that, yeah. that, yeah, actually winning that tournament, if you want to call it a tournament, that matters nothing. It's, it's beating Mexico in a game that matters. Uh, I, I just want to point out in the in the pantheon of made up trophies, um, I like the Nations League, but I think I think we should go round robin here. My favorite made up trophy that has no meaning: civil conflict trophy from that <laughs> time that UConn created a rivalry with UCF, but forgot to tell UCF. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the only correct answer here. <laughs> uh, there's also the Freedom Trophy between Nebraska uh, and Iowa. That, that's the one that I was going to bring up. And is that the one that, like, it's it's ridiculous looking? <laughs> yeah, there's a farmer on it. Yeah, for some with, like, corn and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but UCF, when they won the Civil Conflicts thing, they left the trophy twice. Like, they left it on the field. UConn, like, brought it into the locker room. was like, hey, guys, you forgot this. And they were like, thanks, okay. And then they left it in the locker room when they got on the bus. And it's just like, fine, keep it. I, I like I wonder if uh if Burhalter took the Nations League trophy and was like, okay, who didn't play? Eunice Musa, this is yours. Right. <laughs> oh, Burhalter um, probably treated that like Joe Lacob uh treated the Larry O'Brien trophy. You just don't ever want to touch it again. It's like, okay, I have it and off to whoever else. Don't care. <laughs> But you know, like we say that, but I mean, when they were when they were lifting the trophy and during the trophy ceremony, I mean, the the players seemed to care, and I don't know if they cared. They would have cared if it was like literally a metal bowl that you found in your kitchen, if it meant that it represented beating Mexico. Yeah, but... yeah it was it was purely symbolic. <laughs> could have it could have been an imaginary trophy. Could have been lifting air. Maybe the real Nations League trophy was the friends we made along the way. I knew that was going to come, and I still, I'm still angry about it. And also, I mean, Kevin, we really – I mean, that's pretty close to what happened. We just – they made up the trophy, but it is just kind of like two years old. Like, we lifted up air, basically. Well, like, the thing, the thing is, is that we every lifted trophy. up air, not L3. Right. And you know what? The, the Gold Cup, which is um... – a marginally more famous soccer prize, but I don't, still don't think that very many people care about it. Um, whichever one Mexico sends their A team to, that's the most important uh, <laughs> competition in the region. Period. That yeah. is, that is it. I, I, and I don't I don't know if this is some you know Michigan State little brother syndrome thing kicking in, <laughs> but it, that is that is the 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 complex that that I have in in the region. 
Well, the thing is, is that like until and unless we merge with South America, the fact of the matter is, is that it's like, look, we should beat 50 or 49 of the teams in CONCACAF and then Mexico is the game. Correct. So it, it's like, and it, yeah. and it took a, a, the quote, lost generation of U.S. talent and golden generations in particular out of Costa Rica to really upset that balance. Um yeah. I, hold on. Hold on. Speaking of golden generations of Costa Rica, we all need to laugh right now because uh, Kaylor Nevis, uh, for those of you keeping track at home, Kaylor Nevis is the goalie for Costa Rica. He wasn't there during the friendly, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, he's the goalie for uh, PSG, and he is easily the best goalie in CONCACAF. Having said that, PSG just decided to go out and get the like fifth best goalie in the world. Uh, for free because Donnarumma decided he didn't want to be at uh, Milan anymore, so he just bailed. <laughs> sure, why not? So Kyler Nevis just went from like goalie on a team with serious UCL ambitions mm. to backup. <laughs> to gonna get sold. Gonna get sold. Hey, <laughs> I, I, LAFC needs a goalie. <laughs> sign, <laughs> sign him up. <laughs> It's like it's like the saddest way to get demoted from PSG. It's like, yep, you have to leave Paris. Okay, where are you going? Or maybe Liverpool? No. You're going to go to maybe a second-tier Premier League? No. You're off to the MLS. <sighs> well, and that, it is kind of tough for him. I mean, he's at that point in his career where if he's not chasing the ultimate prize, like I, I can't imagine that he needs any more money. He has nothing really left to prove. Like, Why would you want to go grind it out, you know, and – somewhere up in England and, and be up there for those winners. Like go to LA, go to Miami or, or... Uh, he should, he should go to Miami because Miami does not believe in following any sort of MLS rules because, and, and I love that about them because for, again, for those of you who don't know, uh, Miami decided that the salary cap doesn't apply to them and signed like six people over the cap. And then uh, when confronted, their owner said, yeah, I mean, nobody here wants to pay any money. We want to pay money. What's the problem? Yeah. I, well, and then the, the funny thing is the the three players that they pick, so they ship that Pellegrini guy. They they, they they get they like signed him to their like USL affiliate and then like loaned him back to somewhere in Argentina, question mark, I think. But yeah, like I think so. and, and now I'm seeing rumors that like Pizarro wants out, he wants to go back to either uh Riados or, or Chivas. Um, so yeah, that's as, as big of a train wreck as it was trying to get that franchise off the ground and the, the will, it won't it even be a thing. And then trying to get their stadium, um, somehow them actually playing and letting their, their front office try to build a roster has been the biggest disaster of all, which is, uh, the moral of the great. story with, yeah, the moral of the story with inter Miami is do crimes because there are no consequences. You'll suck, but it'll be funny. Well, this is what happens when you, when you give someone a team basically for free. Because this is like when, when Beckham signed his deal back, you know, 15 years ago to come over, he, he was given some purchase option where he was allowed to buy a franchise for whatever it was, like 10 million bucks or something like that. So, you know, when, <laughs> when Fran, uh, Mark Ingram, who just bought ownership in uh, DC United and the for his stake in what he paid the that franchise is valued at like 700 million dollars now 
when you give a guy a team basically for free in Miami, like, why would you give a shit about the rules? Like, just do whatever you want. The worst thing that happens is, like, you just scrap the roster and try again. Like, it's, you're, it's totally house money. Uh, so, once again, do crimes. But uh, There you go, I, yeah. That is I, not I, legal I, advice from, the, from any of the, the, the attorneys nor CPAs on this podcast. Uh, and today I learned what Kevin does for a living. Uh, there you go. um so so let's talk about uh that game that happened i guess it was yesterday um or i guess two days ago when this drops but that was fun we should do that more often (laughs) uh turns out soccer's more fun when you can kick the shit on the other team (laughs) and even your backups have enough swagger to make uh like mid-2000s justin bieber jealous uh dude tim weah is is an and one mixtape basketball player he has no interest in scoring or doing anything soccer related other than embarrassing the person in front of him and i love him good <laughs> yeah f- fine I, i'll you know what I'll, I'll take the the technical ability and uh you know and ball drags and, and we'll figure out how to turn it into an end product because generally speaking we just have been trying to you know send division two receivers on fly routes straight up the field for the last 30 years so i'll take someone who can actually kick a ball with their foot um, speaking of, uh, it's hard. I, this is the only serious thing I have to say about this game. And then we'll go back to, to crapping on Costa Rica, but, um, it, maybe it's just me, but maybe having the dude who's six foot three, 240 pounds would have been useful against Mexico when we couldn't beat their press. No, I mean, maybe, maybe that would have been a good idea. Yeah. I mean, just strictly as a target, man. Yeah, I like, think that there's still questions around his technical ability once he puts the ball on the floor. But, uh, man, I, <laughs> can, can he do certain things at a very, very high level? I, I mean, and he finishes well. That That's the, the other big thing. Is All right. Uh, hold he, on. You're telling me that a center forward sometimes should be able to score goals? Yes, Josh? they should. And, and <laughs> that's, that's the antithesis of everything this team was built around. Okay. Josh, I, I would love to see <laughs> there, he does everything else so well. Yeah, but, I love Josh Larchin. But, he just can't it, score. Right. But man, oh, man, it, it would be nice if if you just could blast the ball into the back of the net like once every other game. That's that's all we're that's all we need. We don't need to be scoring at some Lewandowski rate. Just just every so often pop up and like score a timely goal. I th- I actually think with with Josh he, he's been so beaten down by playing for such a crap team for the last two years that I think I think he needs to get a move to somewhere who has like somewhat so a team that has an interest in playing forward and he can get some of that swagger back because what people don't know or remember about him is when he was playing with the youth teams he was known as like a swag kid mm-hmm. like he was just like a confidence goal scorer and wasn't Bremen. Wasn't it that U twenty World Cup when he was like still seventeen years old and he went out there and just was scoring goals for fun? It was wild. Yeah, yeah. He he was a goal scorer, like a confident goal scorer, yeah. until he went over to Germany and they broke him a little bit. Yeah, I, I that don't just know. sounds like an excuse though, because uh, Matthew Hobby went over to the shittier German team and scored like ninety six goals in seven games. I think he scored all, like all numbers approximate. Didn't he score like <laughs> he scored like six goals in a season, and three of them happened in like thirty five minutes of game time? Yeah, the <laughs> I, would know that. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I want to see how he develops, and he's still young, and I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> this program is not at the point where we can scoff at people scoring goals in the Bundesliga. We are uh, not, no. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what what he looks like in the Gold Cup. I think. 
I uh, think I think he's he's probably going to be the backup center forward for the Gold Cup team. And you know, if 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 he comes off the bench, you know, and gets twenty minute cameos in each game, which I think is probably pretty likely, um, I think we'll learn a lot about him because I think Schalke was just an abject embarrassment this year. I agree. They were. I mean, Bremen. No, they're not. You know, they didn't play gorgeous, attacking, flowing soccer, but they weren't Schalke bad. Schalke was terrible. You want to talk about no service and and playing anti football. I mean, that, that's, like, that's what that was. Schalke gets into like, you, you know, like there's like that common joke, like, oh, could Alabama beat an NFL team? No, they couldn't. But like, could an MLS team beat Schalke? Maybe. I don't know. I, I in, a, in a perfect world, and you know that these are the scenarios I think of in my head, I'd love to take like the bottom three teams out of like the top five in Europe and then like the top three or five teams from MLS, throw them in a league, do a round robin and just see what would happen. Because the MLS teams would lose. <laughs> you think I, yes. the, if you yes, look I at do. the teams at the bottom of like <laughs> I, I, I don't of, care. of the Spanish division or the bottom of the French division? When you say wait, when you say the bottom of the division though, are you talking like La Liga or like La Liga three? No, I'm talking like La Liga. No, La Absolutely Liga would not. run. No, they would run. Who's, run all right, and now, now I gotta look at this. Let's see. Well, like you're, you're, what you're talking about here is you're talking about like Bremen. You're talking about Fulham in England. You're talking about. Uh, in in France, there was some weird stuff because the, the I think Lyon, the English teams, I think that's those are the teams with like the absolute highest floor. Yeah, of, so, of so any I, of I mean, those leagues. But but think about it this way: Valencia was in a relegation battle in Spain. Yunus Musa would be the best midfielder on every team in the MLS except for maybe Dallas. If I'm thinking of that correctly, but like he doesn't even play for Valencia. And when he does, he plays out of position. Yeah. Well, they do play him on a wing. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to see. I just think that people give free passes because they see Barcelona, Madrid and uh, Sevilla at the top of the, the Spanish league. I just don't think that. Uh, Atletico Madrid is super pissed at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Luis oh, okay. Suarez is rolling <laughs> like, around in I skipped over giant bed of money. Anyways, all right, enough about that. All right, let's, oh, right. let's Wait. talk about That was a hell of a tangent. Now I've got transfer market up looking at who's the worst <laughs> team in France. How bad exactly are they? I think um, the correct answer would be the worst team in Italy. I think yeah. they've – that seems like the best shot to me. Yeah, the, the worst team in Italy uh, probably – I don't know. But see, the thing is, is that the best teams in MLS can't even beat the best teams in Mexico. Well, I think that's its own issue. I think that the the clubs that really spent in Mexico in the last 10 years have really gone berserk. If you look at how Tigres and Monterey spend. Um, yes. Okay. As this is not an Liga MX podcast, let's it talk about not. humiliating Costa Rica. That's nice. All right. I'll say this. I am confident that the top five teams in MLS would beat the top five teams in Costa Rica. I think that that's fair. <laughs> Way to go out on a limb there. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, I think the, the, the fun part about this game for me was, was watching Tyler Adams with a B team because it's like, if you remember in high school when, when like occasionally a starter would be out there with like the bench warmers just to like, you know, make sure everything went well. And Tyler Adams was out there just like very calmly and 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 happily ripping through the Costa Rican midfield and defending everything that happened. And like he was just like very calm and happy to do it. 
just okay whatever i'm the best player on the field here by far whatever Uh, it's just mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's it's hard to appreciate just how snappy he is. That's like the best way to describe his game. His, even his sideways and back passes, when he's just recycling the ball, it's just so prompt. And as soon as he makes that pass, there's like a, there's a, there's a, the thought for like another step where he repositions to make himself available again versus just kicking it backwards and taking like a two count to see what happens. Kelly. He's just so turned on. Yeah. Yeah. We are all turned on by Tyler Adams. <laughs> uh, I think the more apt or the one, the first comparison that came to mind for me is if you've ever been lucky enough to see like a major league player doing a rehab assignment, like their last rehab assignment. Uh, before they get called back up to the bigs, like watching like Justin Verlander pitch against triple A kids, kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I, I was about to say man among boys, but Tyler Adams is like 22. Um, but, oh, speaking of which, uh, it is an official podcast policy to mention that Tyler Adams has been linked to Arsenal and we are opposed. Very. Don't yeah. do it. No, please don't. Although, silver lining he is being rumored as a right back that's true and it is official podcast policy to mention that uh we are pro right back hey remember in this game when a right back scored a goal back to costa rica (laughs) that was was actually for that was actually a very all right for a game that had a very low energy level and it didn't really seem like costa rica really felt like playing from the from the jump that was a very very poised goal the way the intercept you know he picks that pass off presses forward like creates his own space gets a shooting lane it's just i don't know it it was so much poise for what i expected from reggie cannon who i'd always kind of looked at as he was more of the the athlete and the the defense first type right back out of the fc dallas academy whereas like brian reynolds as soon as he came out on the scene they're like well we don't know if he can defend but like holy shit have you seen him cross the ball with his right foot like he's he's got to get sold to Europe, uh, um, and poor kid, poor kid now has to train under Jose Mourinho. <laughs> hey, well, like I said, can he defend? Questionable. Is he going to learn to defend? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but if it like if it makes him feel better, he's probably only going to be under Jose Mourinho for like I don't know how long do we think he's going to last. Six months, eight eight months. Uh, Josie or Brian, because uh, Josie Mourinho has never lasted anywhere longer than Chelsea at three years. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's gonna wear out that welcome real quick. So Brian just has to kind of like hold tight for let's call it a year and a half. Yeah. Although I don't know. I feel like an Italian team like Roma, who's never won anything, um, they might be like, screw it. We are winning every game one to nothing. Come to our torture chamber of death. I feel I mean, like they, that does not fly in Italy. Uh, torture team chamber of death. That's like classically Italian. Yeah, that's what Italians do. They don't believe yeah. in, in attacking. <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you yeah, you secure victory by 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 not allowing the other team to score. Yeah, it's, by it's, just by just raising a bunch of goalies. That's true. They are very good at the goalies. I thought I heard a stat though recently like Italy hasn't lost a a, a 
national team game and there's like 20 games or something like that uh i'm willing to bet that they lose one in the next uh two weeks let's see oh yeah perfect qualifying streak here we are uh, that also doesn't sound right because I feel like that would encompass the 2018 uh, World Cup, and they definitely lost. No, there. because if if you figure two years, two games per qualifying window, or uh, maybe. So they they had an 11 game winning streak that was broken by a draw in September of 2020, and assuming that they haven't lost, yeah, this is in November. Extends unbeaten streak to 22 matches. What are they doing? What is Italy? What is Italy doing over there? Very sneaky. Very sneaky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're trying, and we don't we don't respect that on this podcast. Yeah. If you ever learn one lesson, it's never try. Never try. Bunch of bunch of bunch of hardos over there. Actually, you know, just, putting just... effort into friendlies. The cool thing to do is to to get embarrassed on the counter against Switzerland <laughs> before uh, you play all your Concacaf rivals. Just you know, false sense of security. For no, no, it's, hey, it, hey, it, did it, that counter get us a trophy? Yes or no? <laughs> no. And did that other, did uh, other it, tournament I, well, get us a trophy? I, I think it. Yes, it, that's the only one we care about. Uh, in all seriousness, I think that it did. I think that if if Switzerland had not absolutely abused us the way that they did, I think we may have had a slightly different tactic going into especially the Mexico game. Hold on. It, it, is it your is it your stated opinion that Greg Berhalter adapts tactics to games? Because <laughs> that's a hot take, my friend. He absolutely did. The, the guy trotted out a, a three-man back line for the, like, he, he did it for what, like 15 minutes against, uh, was it like Wales or, or Northern Ireland or something like Northern that? Northern Ireland. Yeah, and then he showed up and he came out in it. Yes, he, he's trying to be adaptive. What you he's... just pissed off like two of the you just pissed off two of the four UK countries. <laughs> <laughs> what he's uh what he's really trying to do, I think, though, is just pray for Tyler Adams back. Because as long as his back is healthy, I think that he can do whatever the hell he wants tactically and it's gonna come off. Yeah, it turns out like you can be bad at tactics, but if you have Tyler Adams cleaning things up, it looks good. Oh, um yeah. I but but I, I think the 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 most fun uh part of this Costa Rica game. And it was fun. Um, and it included things like Brendan Aronson humiliating the Costa Rican defense. That was fun. Uh, Daryl DK just bossing their center backs. That was fun. Uh, Tyler Adams being the only adult in the room. That was fun. But the most fun thing to me was when Gio Reyna took the ball away from Jordan P. Fuck. <laughs> like, no, I am scoring this penalty. Give me the ball. <laughs> um, I laughed because Gio Reyna's 18. <laughs> It, it's hard to believe. Like, I don't know why. I think all these guys are just older. Like, even our old guard now with like mechanic, I mean, they're twenty-two years old. Yeah, for some, you just have such high expectations of Reina, and it's like this guy should be, you know, wrapping up his high school career somewhere right now. Right now, Gio Reina should be. Uh, what is it? It's it's early June. He should be just done with prom, mm-hmm. and. Right around now would be the time that he apologizes to all the nerds that he bullied for the last four years. <laughs> because He's... if you look at him, he looks like an, a, a bubbly. No, I think he, he looks like a nice low kid. Brow. It just, it's just a low brow. He has like a low forehead and that makes him look like angrier more of the time. Hey, I've got that, that prominent like brow line. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't Let's think see. I'm a bully. Uh, uh, Kevin, your brow line isn't that prominent, but you do look like 13 years younger than you actually are. So you and Ethan were that to go hang out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think uh, in sum, uh, when you beat 
regional rivals four to nothing. Soccer's fun. But what do we say, guys? Uh, I concur. Yeah, I didn't even have to have a drink during the Costa Rica game. It was actually pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, no. Sh- uh, can Can you imagine not stress drinking during a game? Couldn't be. Oh, I, I got accidentally as as relatively sober as I was at Mexico, and that was not my own decision. That was the fact they stopped selling booze at halftime. Oh, there um, we go. There we go. I was wondering <laughs> about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so when you see cups of fluid landing on the field oh that like was urine two and a half oh, hours no. after they stopped selling booze just assume that nothing in the stadium and not been consumed at that point um yeah the costa rica well the honduras game i got accidentally drunk um, but that was a nightmare so that that's why that had to happen that was a miserable game to watch it, it's you know it, it was like 93 degrees here in denver and i had two kbs's <laughs> during the game that's because that's all i had in the house that's how you know things are Really spiraling out of control. <laughs> I think during the Honduras game, no, it was during the Mexico game that I accidentally stressed drink a bottle of wine that my wife was like, oh, this is a nice bottle. Don't drink it all. And then, well. Yes, you actually mentioned that on the podcast. I, I had just drank a bottle of wine. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, I think next time we all get together, we are going to do the mega draft pod that I've been teasing on this podcast for like three weeks. So, Greg, look at the production notes. Do it. <laughs> Just click on the document. <laughs> Just one time, dude. <laughs> Can- I can't click on something that doesn't exist. I'll just do my own research. I'm going to go down a YouTube hole. Uh, I'm going to listen to some experts. I might even testify in front of a couple of city councils. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm going to stick some magnets to my foreheads. All right, see you. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. See ya. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out, completely free. Completely free, but they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure that it's like, you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burr. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just, Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Our what more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but... If somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're, we're, we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little foul button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So, do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action, or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So, dear listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchorf.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Jonathan, are you on? Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty wonderful hot day in sunny California. How's the Midwest? Uh, Midwest is good. We got we got some thick air today. Um, nice, nice, hot and humid. Uh, but other than that, it's good. From the confines of my office, it is always seventy degrees and sunny. Perfect, perfect. So, uh, so let's talk some some Michigan State. How uh, I gotta ask. How excited are you that Mel Tucker can can see people in person? I think um, the thought of me being in person right now is exciting. Uh, And so I could only imagine how much more exciting it is when they are truly building an entire day or weekend around you being in person. person. Um, Yeah, I I have to imagine it's got to be a great boost for, for the recruiting process. And I'm not sure there are many schools in the country given the overhaul they've gone through in the in the pre-covid to post-covid era that are benefiting from this quite like michigan state yeah i mean and and you're already seeing a little bit that like the uh the 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 caliber of player who's coming in and, and what seems to be being said um to to reporters is is pretty pretty stark as compared to the late d'antonio era Sure, sure. Late Empire Fall. 
the, the end of the Roman Empire, uh, not bringing in a lot of five-star gladiators. Right. And the, uh, the ability to make some, some hires uh, right away. Uh, in order to, to change your uh, course of your recruiting, right? Uh, moving from, from Aligo to, to Khalif and, and thinking about the opportunities that is. It's, it's, a, it's an ex- a time to be excited about recruiting for the first time in a long time for Michigan State, uh, even though the relative levels of where they're at aren't nearly as close as where they need to be to be competing for a 12-team college football playoff. That's right. Uh, The big news of the day, uh, the college football playoff has gone from a four-team to a six-team and also SEC Invitational. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And and with a a screw to Notre Dame thrown in there as well. Which I got to tell you, I appreciate. I appreciate that they went like, okay, uh, top six conference titles. And also, by the way, the six others who we're going to randomly select, fuck you, Notre Dame. Right. I I imagine for a program like Michigan State, though, that that has had a taste of of the real playoff and and would have at least two other times likely been in that expanded playoff you think that the ability to enter in from one of those outside seats is much, much higher and much greater for Michigan State than it would be to try to get back into that top four conversation. Uh, and so I think that's, um, that's very helpful for them, and like a lot of schools. Yeah, I mean, this is the only way that, that Michigan is ever going to make it into the college football playoff, so big, big boon to them. Correct. Because, as we know, they would never beat Ohio State and, therefore, would never win a Big Ten title. It's true. And though, uh, tying back to our, our first part of the conversation, nobody, nobody in the Midwest is recruiting at the level that Ohio State is level to come close to being competitive on the field against them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, a, a different category of, of talent. You know, like Ohio State is, is a serious threat to players that Alabama wants. Nobody else really is. Right. And, and the reality is, is that's part of Ohio State being an SEC school and Columbus being an SEC town. How many other how many other how many other college campuses in the Big Ten have have a Waffle House on campus, have a have a Raisin Cane's on campus, a Chick-fil-A on campus. Uh, Hold on. I, I think that I think that you you uh, found out that the impetus behind uh, behind raisin canes behind Waffle House is is recruiting. Like that's that's the trick. It is possible there is a chicken and egg scenario there, and and Columbus as a whole does have a lot of natural strengths that make it an attractive location for expanding uh, retail franchises, but the specific site selection along high street right across from ohio state's campus of some of these southern oriented fast food restaurants is worth noting i i, I feel like i want to know how those how those places got up there that's that's all i'm saying well and, um, and i don't want to get too tinfoil head about it but when you are to look at the real estate it is all through this organization campus partners which is affiliated with Ohio State University 
at its highest levels. So the thought that they would just be looking for any restaurant or, or billing to the highest bidder, uh, as opposed to having some level of intentionality of the types of restaurants they're bringing in, it makes you think. It makes you, I mean, we're just asking questions. And I guess the, the second question is, um, how quickly can we get a Waffle House in East Lansing? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. can, can, can we get a Zaxby's on Grand River? It's all I'm asking. Right. And, or alternatively, could we just uh, move the East Side Fish Fry and Grill a little bit closer to Grand River? Uh, make it a little bit more accessible for some of our student athletes. I think that's the funny, the funniest part of, of the recruiting sort of like, because Michigan State's, you know, putting out a lot more recruiting content to the world. Um, I think selling the fish fry restaurant as a reason to come to Michigan State is so funny to me. It's delicious. Um, but the it's, other... it's not particularly close, right? No, I mean, it's, it's, uh, if, it's not um, very far from like Frandor, if you're familiar, or if you used to ever go to uh, Dagwoods. Uh, I don't know if we ever took you there, but uh, yeah, it, I think I went there. It would be walkable from certain dorms, um, or walkable from the University yeah. Village apartments in particular, where a lot of athletes would live. It would just be on Kalamazoo Street. Okay, so close enough, but if, if we could put that at, at, you know, Grand River and uh, whatever that main street is that Rick's is on. Uh, yeah, and uh, Abbott. I, uh, East Lansing is an entirely new city um, over the course of the last year with some of the development that's been there um, to the point where I think we should start thinking about where a Waffle House uh, could be positioned uh, or, or where where the uh, East Lansing Raising Canes could go. Um, and, and, and you know what? I think that just, just from, from the, the culinary benefit, you know, I, that's what I'm really concerned about for East Lansing is the culinary benefit of a Waffle House, not any sort of surreptitious recruiting uh, shenanigans. Right. Well, an old Waffle House brings the, the beauty of two things to a city that that needs more late night dining options and certainly more breakfast options so god bless Both the which, waffle house yeah we're, we're we're just in favor of food being available in the am that's all we're that's all we're asking a true win-win <laughs> um so so in terms of uh just sort of like let's let's stay on theme here um you know, without getting too into the specifics of recruiting, because talking about 18-year-olds is weird, um, what, what states are you, are you thinking are, are key to Michigan State? Because it appeared when Mel Tucker came in the first time, you know, there was a lot of West Coast uh, emphasis. But now it, it's maybe turning more, more south. So would you prefer that we get more players from, from Arizona, California, or Georgia, Florida, Alabama, I guess? I think we saw a lot of those West Coast uh, ties being there, given the number of people that Mel Tucker brought over from the Colorado staff, and those being the the coaches and the the, the kids that they already had those relationships with. But I do think moving forward, the the state that is going to be the biggest for Michigan State's recruiting is Florida. 
Um, we already saw a taste of Florida uh, in that first class. Some worked out, some didn't. Um, I could see right. Georgia also being a state. Uh, and between those two in the Southeast, there is just way too many strong quality athletes for them to all go to the same handful of SBC schools. So I think being able to really tap into our connections in Georgia and in Florida is going to be able to start allowing us to, to really bring in a lot uh, more talent, uh, certainly a lot uh, more speed than we'd be able to find in our, in our traditional suspects uh, like Northeast Ohio and mid-Michigan. Well, it's, it's the same idea, right? But it's, we used to say, okay, if we get the second best kids in Ohio, we'll be fine. Um, but as, as sort of Kentucky and Cincinnati and um, Pitt, you know, to a certain extent started mining there, then it becomes a, well, would you rather the third or fourth best kids in Ohio or the third or fourth best kids in Georgia? And I, I don't think that that's a particularly close discussion. Exactly. Um, so, so I think I think. Uh, although I guess the the question right now is is Would you rather a quarterback from from not from Georgia or California, but California or Arizona? Because that appears to be the uh, the question right now. Right. There is um, there is certainly some West Coast flavor out there, and and I don't know if either of those states are necessarily early indicative of the quarterbacks that they would be recruiting from them. But I think at this point, when you look at the quarterbacks left on the school's board, and when you look at the number of top tier quarterbacks left in general, I think Michigan state is, is going to be taking, uh, taking a commitment uh, from whoever is willing to give it to them first, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I think that there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hope that uh, we'd get the kid from, you know, the one kid from California who ended up at Florida State. Right. The kid from California who's currently committed to Cal, but I guess we'll see. But uh, last, last thing before I let you go, because, uh, you know, it's the middle of a work day. Um, if you could have one Southern fast food chain in East Lansing for recruiting purposes, what are you bringing? Man, that is a, a great question, Asa. Um, and, who? Uh, and is it fast food only, or are all restaurant um, sandwiches okay, or like I, all I, restaurants okay? Yeah, I, th I think anything that, that that's franchised large enough to be attractive is 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 fair game here. Right. When when I think about East Lansing, when I think about the the types of uh, restaurants that would work well there, not just for recruiting, but also would be like a viable product. Uh, I'm going straight to cookout. Um, I think that a cookout in East Lansing would be just enough of, of a unique twist, right? Where you're incentivized to, to order bigger food, order more food, um, I could see the the wide range of sides, right? This isn't just like fries or a salad. You're getting nuggets, you're getting wraps, you're getting onion rings, quesadillas, corn dogs, right? I think the wide selection of things that, that a cookout is going to be able to provide for the students of East Lansing, uh, for the future athletes at Michigan State University, I think, I think putting that cookout on Grand River Road would be wonderful. So you heard it here first, folks. Uh, whoever the CEO is of Cookout, uh, I'm not in front of a computer, so I don't know. But uh, 
feel free to reach out. We can facilitate uh, your move into East Lansing. And, hey, if you bring some kids from Georgia, well, I guess that's just the way it goes. But, we heard it here uh, first. Yep, we're bre- breaking news on the pod. Uh, cookout to East Lansing uh, based on uh, the sources of the people on this podcast. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, as always, go green. Hey, go white. Take care. All right, thank you. Thank you again to our guests, Jonathan, Greg, and Kevin. Um, thank you to our listeners for sticking with us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. We're talking football, football, whatever you want to talk about. We're trolling L Tree. We're trolling Arsenal fans. Uh, eventually, we'll troll SEC fans, probably. Um, We do not yet have an Instagram. We are working on it. We'll have that up and running uh, at some point. Please make sure to give us a like, subscribe, follow, five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Once again, thank you to our sponsors, Anchor App and the Smith Workforce Management Group, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Podcast Network.